For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO Radio. We are back for another week. Welcome to everyone. We've got big stuff we're going to get into. What a week of WFO already started on our Ignition show. Had a great time chatting with our Patreons and getting ready. Alan Reinhardt is back from the Middle East. We're going to speak with him about his journey and how it's going and kind of preview the 2023 NHRA Camping World and Lucas Oil Series season, all that is happening. We're really just days away from... NHRA Southeastern Division Racing at Orlando Speed World Dragway, which is going to be really cool. If you're in the area, I encourage you to come on out. I'll be doing the announcing out there, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun to get going once again. Also, tomorrow on the show, Wednesday, and I know a lot of people are listening audio only on the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Overcast, Outcast, wherever you get uh, your podcast, you can listen to WFO, even Amazon Alexa. Hey, Alexa, subscribe to WFO Radio Podcast. Sorry if I got your Alexa going. I apologize. But uh, we are everywhere with the audio-only podcast, doing these live streams, a whole lot of fun. But we've got a bunch of cool stuff coming up. Last week, we had Jeremy Hancock, top dragster world champion. We had Doug Gordon, alcohol funny car world champion. Doug was awesome. Hopefully, you got to see those interviews and check them out. On Wednesday, and if you're in the feed, it's just another show in the feed, White Alligator Racing, Pro Stock Motorcycle Juggernaut, Tough uh, World Championship Caliber Team, Tim Kalungian going to be on, Jerry Savoie going to be on, Chase Van Sant going to be on. They're going to preview their 2023 season and reveal the name of their other rider, which is going to be kind of cool. Uh, that's going to be going on later on in the week. And then uh, Thursday... Further off, we'll close out the week with two world championship interviews. It's going to be uh, Cooter Hidalgo, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., our Stock Eliminator World Champion, who won the Stock Eliminator World Championship on a tiebreaker. Say what? Tiebreaker. We're going to talk to him about his Pontiac GTO and winning the championship and running as a family with his dad. Uh, that'll be happening at 12 noon. And then at 4 o'clock, it's going to be the story of all stories. Bob Locke takes the lead he's in the championship battle he's running real well he's not going to go west everybody like compels him his friends his family everybody got to go west bob you got to go west bob and he goes west and he needs to win the race and he wins the finals to become a super gas world champion it's insanity those stories both of those stories together are going to be wfo on the same day on thursday so here's what i need from everybody out there that's in the audience you know that you are our marketing budget. You're our marketing budget, right? Like every once in a while, I ask you, share the show, guys, share the show, especially if you love the Lucas Oil Racers. If you love the Lucas Oil Series Racers and you want to get their personalities out there, uh, the only thing I can do is create the show and do my best to get it out to my people. And if you share it, 
and get that viral energy behind it. A lot of people in the drag racing world will see it and they'll say, wow, those are definitely unlikely stories to say the least. Let me tell you a little bit about the sponsors, the people who enable me to spend so much time creating these live streams on WFO radio. I'm talking about Bernie's Speed Shop, bernies.com, Ocala, Florida. Josh Hart, big news, brings on advanced auto parts for a multi-year deal. That is great news for Josh. He's getting seats poured. He's got multiple chassis. It's going to be a big deal. But Bernie's, they got a, a, a Ford GT new to their uh to their uh inventory is the word that i'm trying to come up with inventory and i had a great time just exploring the inventory at bernie's so if you're looking for a muscle car go to bernie's.com if you're trying to sell a muscle car or an exotic like a ford gt on consignment go to bernie's.com follow their social media and just stay connected they do frame off restorations they do everything and we've got a plan to go check out bernie's in the near future phillips connect Smart trailer technology for your fleet. If you're in the transportation industry, if you've got trucks and trailers on the road, preferably over 100, I would love for you to reach out to me, Joe, at WFORadio.com, because I am empowered to put you together with the folks at Phillips Connect so that your fleet can be on time, can be safe, you can monitor and uh, do it all in a way that will be beneficial to your business, your drivers, and their customers. Phillips-connect.com. Remember, email me, Joe, at WFORadio.com. Fog it. This is one, like maybe everybody in the audience doesn't have a fleet of 100 tractor trailers out there. I get it. I get it. But you definitely have something in your household that needs to be protected uh, from microscopic corrosion, rust, and otherwise. Maybe it's not a $30,000 competition racing engine and a race car that you're putting away at the end of the night. If it is, this is a no-brainer. $20 can of Foggit. Go to Foggit.com, order it up, get yourself a case because you're going to use it for all kinds of stuff around your house. Maybe you're into firearms, as so many people are. I myself, uh, interested, certainly, have stuff for my own personal protection. You got to keep it ready to go, right? How do you keep it ready to go? They have found that Foggit works so well, a couple quick sprays, boom, boom, boom. Go to Foggit.com, find out more, and uh, we're going to be telling you more about Foggit in some videos coming very, very soon. FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. Folks at FTI, my goodness, all you got to do is watch the big money bracket races out there, and it's a parade of FTI decals, especially in the winner's circle. FTIPerformance.com. They're located in DeLand, Florida. How does WFO do so well with all these Florida companies? I have no idea. Maybe we're located in Florida. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But if you're refreshing your transmission, I can't get that one to come up. I don't know why. There it is. Computer program rejecting the FTI for the day. Uh, FTIPerformance.com, a Paul Lee company. But the best of the best are out there using FTI, especially if you make big power. For those of you in top sportsman, top dragster, here's just a little quickie example of one of the FTI customers out there. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Always super excited to talk Total Seal, guys. Got back from the Engine Performance Expo this past weekend that is available on YouTube. You can watch it. So many great people out there. John Kazi, John Callies won the Lifetime Achievement Award. Lake Speed Jr. is there. We're talking ring seal. We are honing. Uh, we're honing sleeves for a nitro engine. Just so many great things went down at the Engine Performance Expo. Total Seal, one of the big backers, one of the big sponsors. And why? Education. Education. Maybe you don't need rings right now, but you will 
if you're a racer, if you're building an engine, if you've got a program, if you're not using total seal, I, I'm kind of confused about that already. I think they've kind of proven that they're the industry leader, but uh, there's always time. Totalseal.com. Go to the website, check out Hidden Horsepower, and be ready for an entire season of Total Seal Talk on Hidden Horsepower. Shout out to the folks at samtech.edu. I'll tell you about them a little bit later on in the show. Shout out to the folks at Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, frankhawley.com. And a shout out to Marvin Rodax, coffeeandgrills.com, 817-924-6821. So we got big things. We got little things. We're all over the board. You might not need any of these things today, but you will at some time in the future. And we ask you to please remember, I got a very special announcement. I'll be telling you about after uh, Reinhardt that involves the Patreon audience. They are getting something very special and cool. And uh, we'll tell you about that later. But right now I love watching the numbers come up, by the way, I love to watch the people are like, all right, wait till it gets past the spots. You can't avoid the spots guys. Can't avoid them. I, like if they start avoiding the beginning, I'll just pop it in in the middle, Alan. Like I'll I'll have to get unpredictable, right? Hey, spots are good. Spots are good. Somebody's got to pay for this stuff, right? That's what I think. Like we can't have a culture where we avoid advertisers because then, you know, how do we do? How do we do everything? We love these companies that support us, certainly. So you're back. You're back from the Middle East. I'm I'm so bummed at myself for misidentifying Bahrain International for Yas Marina. <laughs> I get annoyed when I make mistakes like that. Thank you for setting me straight on that. And I went back and I fixed it everywhere, but uh, that bugged me. But then again, two mega tracks in the Middle East. I made a little bit of a mistake, but what was the, uh, the resolution? Looked like you had <laughs> the most fun you were going to have at the dart tournament. Dart tournament was crazy. <laughs> it, it really was. And, you know, who knew, right? I've never been to a dart tournament before. I probably wouldn't have gone to a dart tournament except for the fact that it was being held there on the property. Uh, they keep that place pretty busy. You know, obviously they can't do a whole lot with it in the summertime simply because it is unbearably hot. But during the wintertime, they got a lot of stuff going on and uh, they've got a huge dome that they've built specifically for Formula One stuff. And I had an opportunity to talk to the guy who's in charge of marketing and promotions and stuff over there. And he said, you know, we kind of got kicking around. It's like, well, what can we do with this? You know, we use it twice a year when Formula One's here. Surely we can find something to do with it. And he is from UK, and the dart deal is a really big deal in that part of the world. And he said, "Why wouldn't we do this?" So they reached out, and uh, but it was it was interesting. I mean, it's uh, pretty loud and pretty rowdy and pretty crazy, and it was it was definitely a fun time. That's what we need in drag racing. We need a little more loud, rowdy, and crazy. That's all we need. Loud. We got cars that are loud. I mean, people that are loud. We got some of them rowdy. We got some rowdy out there. We need to get them showed a little bit more. And, uh, you know, crazy, it all depends on what we're talking about. I think accelerating well, zero to three. One of the things, one of the things they did at the, at the dart tournament is for the spectators, they had some like awards and prizes and things, uh, for costumes and especially for groups like, uh, the Flintstones were there and the entire cast of Scooby-Doo was there and just a number of other but it was it was really a pretty wild deal and you know man those those guys are good i mean obviously if you're you know playing world championship stuff but i mean you're are you familiar with you know 501 right i i mean is that a dart game where you have to yeah. total 501 i had, well, a, dart had as a kid and i played a lot of the games and i have a general understanding <clears throat> for multiple games and the rules and the way uh like a little spot in 20 is 20 times three and all but i don't know all of the different games well, 501 is basically you count backwards. You start with 501, and you count backwards. And you have to hit zero exactly 
in order to win before your opponent does. And your last dart has to be a double score. Okay. okay so if you, if you're down to four, then you have to hit a double two in order to win. And so that's the way it goes. And the guy that ended up winning the thing in the last stanza had a nine dart score, which is perfect. From 501 to zero, only throwing nine darts. Pretty impressive stuff. But uh, it was uh, it was fun. I mean, the announcer uh, really pumped up the crowd and got into it. And it's huge, apparently, over in uh, over in the UK on television. And it was just an interesting experience. You know, I love getting out to kind of you know see how the others live, as it were. But uh, you know the way they do their intros, and they had you know big light show and big and you know I pictured it when they talked about it. I pictured it kind of like a bowling tournament, right? I figured okay, there's going to be you know ten dartboards up there, and there's going to be everybody throwing darts, and you're but not at all. They have their list of sixteen. There's one board. There's one match at a time, and if you win, you advance, and if you lose, well, see ya. You know, enjoy your trip home. But it was it really was pretty fun. I mean, it's you know not loud and not you know two hundred miles an hour, but and. <laughs> The racetrack thing was kind of interesting, too, because it took me a while to get used to kilometers. You know, I'm watching eight-mile race cars that, you know, run 450. They got a 450 index class over there, which is basically top dragster-ish. You know, not uh, not 6.0 top dragster, but basically top dragster-ish. And I'm watching these things go to the eight-mile, 450, 218. And I'm going, oh, that's kilometers. Now, how, how fast is that again? And, it, and uh, so, anyway, that was part of it. But it was wonderful. I mean, really, really appreciate it. Uh, the Bahrain One folks and everybody at the at the Bahrain International Circuit over there, and you know Sheikh Abdullah and Sheikh Salman, who uh, invited me over and uh, and put up with me for ten days. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. No, that's amazing. Uh, we all lived vicariously through you on your social media, and of course, anyone who doesn't follow Reinhardt, you just go at NHRA Reinhardt. You can follow along with him on his journeys. Uh, I, I learn from every experience from every sport. I remember uh, going to the Stampede of Speed and they had in one of the early days, the bull riding, right? And it wasn't uh, PBR, but it was uh, an emulation of PBR and, you know, the music, the crowd, the way they do their stuff, like, you know, switching from song to song to song and killing the downtime, all of that. Always as someone who is in, you know, live event entertainment, yourself, myself, we're always trying to improve. Um, you got to keep your eyes and ears open even dart tournaments, right? Like uh, there's something to be learned everywhere. They've obviously put together a successful program. They're out there in Bahrain having a dart tournament that's broadcast internationally. There's always something to learn. They told me, and I can't tell you that this is gospel, but they told me that like in the UK over in England, darts is the second highest rated television show behind soccer. That as far as sports, broadcasting goes they said darts is the second highest behind soccer uh but there's huge following over there in that part of the world and there were a lot of people that traveled to bahrain to come out and be a part of the tournament they had uh probably four or five guys maybe maybe more than that uh from the mid-east that were in the tournament so you know you kind of had a home team to root for so to speak if you were if you were from that part of the world but uh, it was i mean just great show great show that's great that's great and i you know back when i used to play darts after i destroyed uh, my parents wall uh, they, you know, like there's a learning curve guys. And, uh, once I got beyond it, I got pretty good. I had a little fun. It was a fun game throwing the darts. I'm no Ted Lasso or anything like that, but, <laughs> but pretty, but pretty good. And a lot of fun. All right. We got a lot of people out there on the stream right now. Uh, JP Gutierrez, JP, man, I, you know, you gave me this shirt. I was rocking the shirt a couple of times during the winter break. I never saw me on there. 
And now he's on there. Uh, Captain Dave is on there saying what's up. Roger Richards, my buddy. Hopefully Roger is going to be back at the track this year as soon as is possible. That will be great. Everybody checking in. Maybe some questions. Lauren wants to know who you think the third white alligator racing NHRA driver of the season might be in 2023. And I'll say, don't answer that, Alan. Because we're going to find out from those guys tomorrow and they want to reveal some part of it on the show. But so you don't want of, me to say you don't want me to say it's me again? It's no, we're beyond that. We're beyond that. You could say it's you again. Okay, Lord, it's, it's not really my heart, but it's not really uh Alan. It's but, it's Matt Hines. Oh my gosh, that would be <laughs> I love Matt. I like Matt and I are friendly. We're not friends. I thought of 10 real rapid fire jokes that I could say, and I pulled them all back immediately <laughs> there's, there's probably a better chance of me riding it than matt hines i think that uh he's you know been there done that proved his point won his races won his championships and is very happy with what he's doing in life right now hey not to change the racing subject but what's that uh, winston drag racing hat sitting next ah <laughs> all right let me give you the story i revealed this on ignition all right so i was uh i got prompted to an ebay thing and i was able to score this alan Check this out. It's a Division Six champion hat from 1995 that was on uh, one of these websites with racing collectibles. And you want to guess what the price of this bad boy was? I, I don't know. 50 bucks, 20 bucks. $15. $15. And I was going through and I said to myself, um, Winston Drag Racing, Division Champion, 1995, which everybody should know that that's the year of my Super Pro Track Championship. I got to get this thing. And so it showed up in the mail, and now I have my uh, Winston Drag Racing Champion hat. Now, what am I going to do with it, right? Because you, uh, you know that we collect hats. Man, hats are coming at us like gangbusters, right? There's you know no shortage of hats in track announcer or drag racing fan world. Like, what am I going to do with this? So I've thought about it. I don't know. Like maybe it'll become a prize in some sort of future WFO contest. Maybe it'll just sit here in the background uh, soliciting question and answers from Alan Reinhardt. Maybe I'll go figure out who the division six champion in 1995 was in each of the categories. And I'll, uh, you know, this thing is brand new. It's perfect. Uh, I don't know. I'm open to suggestions. I got a lot of stuff around here uh, that we don't have plans for just yet. 15 bucks. huh? I probably have 300 of those. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should get an eBay. Yes, I think you should. Back back in the Winston days, and they would come to the winner circle at every event with winner circle hats, and they didn't have just, you know, hey, 10 for this team and 10 for this team and 10 for that team. They just showed up and had like a 1,000 of them. And so for probably at least six or seven years, I picked up one at every stop on the tour, and I have quite the collection of individual now, they didn't do, you know, like what Camping World does right now, which I think is extra special, is they will have top fuel hats, specific, funny car hats, specific, pro stock, pro stock motorcycle, obviously, everything has a specific hat, whereas in the Winston days, it just said champion. So, you know, if you were the stock eliminator champion, or if you were the top fuel champion, you could make up a story to go with your hat. But, uh, but I do have quite a collection of those things. Well, so first of all, if you have a spare, I would like one from the, uh, the, the big show. Uh, second of all, you got to think about this, Alan, and this is very morbid stuff, but people are going to throw all that stuff away, man. Like when the collector, whoever the collector is, like all of a sudden is not around anymore, the family or the friends or the people are going to come in with a bulldozer and it's all going to end up at a goodwill uh, where people don't care for it. You could definitely do like a once a week Reinhardt uh, question and answer giveaway for retweets on your social. I think people would really be into that. 
I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll see. Maybe I should drag them all out and see if I've got, uh, you know, like if I had the entire collection from 1994, you know, from the winter nationals to the, to the world finals, um, put that together. And that, I don't know. I don't know, but I've got a bunch of them. And I don't think most of my stuff is going to end up in a dumpster. I'd really, really like to be here at my shop the day after I die. Cause it's going to be like a land rush. There are at least four people that want my Mustang and they all think that the first one here is going to get it. Um, and most of my other stuff has been spoken for too, whether I had any say in it or not, but it's just, you know, my friends, as soon as they hear that Alan is deceased, are going to descend on this place. And by the time they leave, I, you know, the Mustang is going to leave very quickly. Uh, the beer chiller is going to leave probably right behind the Mustang. Uh, the slot machine is probably third. And, you know, by the time somebody comes in here, the only thing left might be the banners hanging on the wall. And they might not even leave those. Well, I just hope that they wait for you to be deceased as opposed to like on your way out, right? Like Reinhardt is like, oh, hey guys. And they're like, yeah, give me the keys, Reinhardt. See you later. <laughs> this is kind of morbid. Anyway, yeah, well. long, long story short, Lauren, just wait till tomorrow and we'll tell you about white alligator racing. Uh, you'll hear it from them. And that's kind yeah. of cool. All the fans of Pro Stock Motorcycle should be on there watching to see what they say. Okay. It's really Andrew Smith. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine that? Now, wouldn't uh, that be a headline? That would not uh, it would be a shocker. It would be a shocker. Happy Tuesday, Joe and Alan. Welcome back to the U.S. Everybody just kind of checking hey, in. They're you know, it, it could it could be Amanda Busick because, you know, she fits in Andy's leather. So she'd have that and be ready to go. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be interesting. I'd like to see Amanda on a pro stock motorcycle. Didn't you say she won the Frank Hawley Drag Racing School Dragster Adventure Challenge that you guys put together right at the very start of the NHRA on Fox uh, deal? Well, she had uh, she had low ET of the class. Uh, we didn't really have a dragster adventure. We actually went through the class, went through uh, the two day deal, and you know got licenses and got all that stuff. And um, she was part of that deal. And, but you know she weighs like ninety six pounds, so you know she had low ET. Yeah, who saw that coming? You know. No, I, I I like where you I like the competitive elbows are out. Like the only reason she had low ET is because she's lighter weight. Man, that's the fact. That's just the fact of the fact. Like weight is. Uh, is speed. There's a video on Insta. I saw it's huge over the top. Pop fans wild for it. Um, very cool. Alan, has there ever been a time in the NHRA where the cars had an uh, open hood above the driver? Safety has come a long way. I wonder why the world's outlaws will pull. Uh, uh, I wonder if the world of outlaws will put something over the driver since that scary crash. I don't know if you got to see the chili bowl. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to see the chili bowl, but I saw highlights and I saw Logan, Logan Seavey, baby, after all these years. Congratulations. Yes. Yes, Logan with the big win. Um, but uh, there was a scary crash where the driver literally during mid-flip came out the top and ended up on the track. That's kind of kind of scary, obviously. Um, and this is a general safety question. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, the, the world of outlaws has a wing on top of the car. So having somebody come out of there would be very difficult. With a non-wing sprinter, uh, I don't know. I think um, my, my knee-jerk reaction would be no, because... If you are on fire, have a problem up against the wall and you need to get out, then you need to be able to get out. So my knee jerk would say no. And I have no idea what happened in that case. But I, when I watched it happen, and I've been strapped in a race car or two over the period of my life. If you have your belts on correctly and they're installed correctly and something catastrophic doesn't break, I don't see how that happens. If a seatbelt failed, then you need to go talk to the seatbelt guy. If the installation of the seatbelt failed, then you need to go talk to the guy that did that. 
Um, and I just don't know, but I know when you're properly strapped in a car, it shouldn't be possible for that to happen. So I'm certain that they went over that thing, did the old fine tooth comb routine to try to figure out exactly what it was and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And whether it becomes a rule about mounting belts, whether it becomes, and, and I honestly don't know as far as the chili bowl goes. Okay. I, I mean, in NHRA, and you know, this as well as anybody, you've got to get your belts recertified every couple of years. So you don't have belts in that car that are 27 years old and, oh, gee, the belt broke because it's 27 years old. Uh, I don't know what the requirements are uh, for the Chili Bowl. I know that they run kind of an outlaw, you know, kind of an outlaw rules package. But uh, I'm sure that at the end of this, there will be something that comes out of it. But I don't think that putting a putting a lid on the top of the car is the way to go. Yeah, it, it... I am not qualified to talk about uh, sprint cars. That's my deal. I appreciate them. I think it's enjoyable, but I'm not qualified to talk about the safety issues. Hey, Warsaw, Poland checking in. We've got audience out there, which is very, very cool. Nikki Clark is out there, does her own podcast media uh, personality, saying that Courtney Enders did do a burnout on Jerry's bike a couple of years ago. I heard that. So Nikki's starting rumors on WFO. Way to go, Nicole Clark. That's not, that's not a rumor. That's a fact. Courtney really did do a burnout on that's true, but she's bringing it up because, like, maybe it's Courtney Enders. Oh, my gosh, that's an interesting thing. Like, I don't know. I think she beats out Reinhardt. Michael there Heiner is out there watching. There have never been sister world champions before, so. Very interesting. And Michael Heiner is part of our big W. He says you should have weight matched, right? Like, it should have all been the same. Michael Heiner is going to be part of our Patreon show. We're doing a new show for the Patreons specifically today and it's you know it's called hear it from heiner where wfo patreons in our effort to increase our membership are going to get to ask a genuine and legitimate competitive race winning pro stock crew chief questions about pro stock and also kick it a little bit about formula one we're going to hear it from heiner uh, a few times this year on our patreon page and so uh, you still got time to join and become a member, patreon.com slash WFO radio. Michael Heiner and I are going to record later on in the day. And uh, Michael Heiner, just like, hey, man, I'll do something for the Patreons if you want. And I'm like, yes, sir. And so we're going to talk a little pro stock with Michael Heiner. That should be interesting. Can I ask the first question? I'm ready to write it down. When are you going to come test in Tucson like you've been promising to do for 47 years? Yeah, testing in Tucson. Don't answer, Heiner. You answer on the show, okay? That way, Reinhardt's got to go on there. That's the deal. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. The last the last three times he was going to come test in Tucson, he didn't. So that's. I don't think he <clears> makes <throat> that call, though. I think that's a David Kramer. I'm just trying to put him on the spot. He's on the spot all the time. Everybody likes Michael Heiner, though. Uh, kind of interesting. I mentioned Josh Hart re-ups with Advanced Auto Parts sponsorship announcements. We're going to be getting a lot of them. There's some big news coming. Racers, partnerships, series sponsors, here we are halfway through January, and I don't believe, I'd like to hear your characterization, we have scratched the surface of the positive news that is going to be dropping on people's heads regarding drag racing. Well, there's certainly more coming, and uh, some of it, you know, for the insiders is, is pretty well known, just hasn't been made official yet, and we're not at liberty to discuss, you know, Andy Smith riding the white alligator bike, but... Right. There are going to be uh, there are going to be some big news coming over the course of the next couple of weeks, and it's going to have to happen pretty quickly because testing is going to start uh, second week of February, as I understand it, for the nitro card. I think some of the pro stock guys have already been out doing stuff, but you know once you put the car out there, even the 
I don't care how private your test is. Somebody's going to get a picture of it. Somebody's going to see something. Somebody's going to get it leaked. So your, your announcements are going to have to come out to come out pretty quick. Which is super exciting for those of us with shows to talk about. I'm sure Monday Morning Racer and Slam and Sam and Darren and everybody that does a show, Wes, everybody that does a show, Brian Loans, like this to see, like, wait, that guy's not there anymore. He's over here. Wait, that person is here. Uh, going to be super exciting to see all of that uh, changing and cross-pollination. And I'm hearing that if you ever wanted to work in the Nitro ranks and you had a decent resume, you should be trying to get a job right now. That's what I'm hearing, that there has just been, and it happens every year, as you know, but there's a lot of people that are needed with new teams and new cars and new people. Um, dust off that resume and start making some phone calls. What three letters should be at the top of your resume? Uh, C, D, L. You got it. Yeah, I learned this deal. <laughs> I learned this deal. If C, D, L, get it. And you're like almost, if you're if you're a competent person, a competent person with the ability to learn, hey, do it like I tell you. And you have a CDL, you, I don't want to say you're guaranteed a job because that's, uh, no, but you, you leapfrog everybody that doesn't. And that's huge. And, you know, I've spoken to people over the years and everybody I talked to, it says you need to get a CDL and they say, well, I'll get one. That's not what you put on your resume. That's not what you tell. If you come to me, okay. And you say, Hey, I want to go to work for wild west, you know, funny car team. Do you have a CDL? I'll get one. What you just told me is that you're going to learn to drive a truck by driving my million dollar rig down the road. That's not what I want. <laughs> right. But if you say I have a CDL, here it is. Then even if you just got it yesterday, in my mind, I'm going click. This guy knows how to drive a truck. And that will put you ahead of everybody who doesn't have one. And it just, you know, like you said, it's not a guarantee, but it certainly is a leg up on the competition because if you come in at an entry position, you're going to be driving down the road whether you're driving one of the semis or whether you're driving one of the support vehicles. But, you know, nobody comes in as an entry position and flies on the private jet. So a CDL will, uh, will definitely get you up in front of everybody else that doesn't have one. Michael Heiner says, call Kramer. We're ready to go. <laughs> but, he can't, but he can't spell CDL. I figured, I figured sure as anything, he'd say, yeah, we're coming down there next week because... My Mustang is still in paint shop jail, as you can see. It's not here. Oh, by the way, the uh, Jolie Stanfield CUDA update. Uh, it The new water pump housing and water pump is here, so it's going to get that this week. And I should be able to actually drive the car sometime this week. So I'm really That's great. That. People were asking. There was a lot of that. Uh, Bobby Bender was like, hey, have you raced the car? And I, you know, I didn't want to be like, hey, Bob, this guy's been in Bahrain for 10 days. Um, but now he's back and now is the time to lean on him. It's going to be great. Uh, pickle Rick says, uh, why is Ron caps car white caps shared like a teaser way to go caps with the social media, killing it with this. And it's a white car. Um, I, I like it. First of all, I'm not sold that that's the full deal. Like that might be like a pre-rendering or before. I don't know what it could be anything, but, uh, caps teasing the crowd out there. Well, I mean, it could be a lot of things. He could be running, uh, maybe he's running a different body for testing. Maybe he's running something experimental that, you know, there's no reason to put a wrap on the thing to go test it until they figure out it's better than the, it's better than the Gazoo car that he had before. Uh, maybe he's going to do some kind of special thing, one-off, two-off thing over the course of the season, and that's going to be part of that. Or maybe, no, I can't tell you. Oh, my gosh, I love that. That's great. 
People are sharing the show just because of that. Jim Parks, my buddy, says, I want to get my CDL. Not a fan of the price of the classes, though. I don't know. First of all, we just told everyone our opinion and that if you have this credential, you are going to leapfrog everyone else for a job that you really want. Someone told me recently, and Alan, you might know the answer to this, uh, that it's like $7,000 to get a CDL to go through the classes. Is it more? Is it less? I don't know. I have no idea. Someone said seven grand. Uh, I don't know either. I've had mine for 100 years. I, as a matter of fact, this week, I have to go get my, uh, my DOT physical because as part of having a CDL, every two years, you have to go get a physical uh, to prove that you're you know, physically okay to drive a truck and mine's up so i have to go get that taken care of this year but i've had a cdl i've literally had a cdl since they existed because in arizona there used to be and it used to be a state by state thing before it became the federal program in arizona there were two kinds of license you could have you could have an operator's license which is for driving a car and then you had what they called a chauffeur's license and that was anything commercial anything from a taxi cab to a semi-truck you had to have a chauffeur's license and that was the only two things in Arizona. Well, when the federal CDL program came in, I've had a chauffeur's license since the day I turned 18. Um, at the time, I was driving a, I was driving a tow truck. And that is driving commercially, and you had to have a chauffeur's license. Well, then, when the CDL program came in, you had to get a CDL. And I got a CDL, and I've had one ever since. I, I really don't need it, don't use it. I haven't driven, I don't think I've driven a semi in seven or eight years. But... It's better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. And once I have it, the only thing I have to do to maintain it is get that health card to keep it current every couple of years. And I'd rather do that than maybe somewhere down the road decide that I, you know, I do need it and have to go back and start all over again. Because if you let it go, then you, you literally have to start from scratch. I don't believe, at least around here, I don't believe it costs $7,000 to go through a program. There are a couple of independent programs that'll, that'll take you out and teach you. But some of it, too, is... You know, if you don't know anything, then I'm sure the program is more expensive. Uh, but if you do know how to drive a truck, you do. Then just getting a license itself certainly isn't that expensive. And there are some third-party people. That do, at least in Arizona, there's third-party people that, you know, so you can go and basically, you know, they supply the truck, they supply the training, they supply the stuff, and you just have to go, you know, pass the test, so to speak. Right. I know that uh, RNL carriers, Josh Hart's guys, were uh, out there. You know, trying to meet new people to go through mm -hmm. the process. And I'm sure there's some sort of version of paid training. If you sign on and agree to work for them for X amount of time, of course, they're not going to train you and then let you go work for somebody else. Right. Um, but th there are ways to accomplish that. And my point is that that education is of great value. It's clearly of great value. You got a CDL, you can work your way into a, over a hundred thousand dollar a year job. They do not hand those out on, uh, every street corner, but it is a certain type of mentality to be able to do that. That takes great responsibility, great focus, and going over the road hour after hour is, uh, is tough. You got to have the right mentality. Yeah, I was just trying to think over the years, I drove Al Hoffman's truck a couple of times. I drove truck for David Nickens a couple of times. Uh, I actually drove Tommy Johnson's top fuel rig a couple of times. Uh, who else did I drive for? I drove Oh, I drove Casey Spurlock's truck one time, um, Dallas to Pomona. And that was actually, I don't know, I think it's a funny story, but uh, Dallas got rained out and it got pushed back a week. Uh, I wasn't, at the time, working for NHRA on a full-time basis, or at least I wasn't doing all the races, let's put it that way. I, 
and Dallas was one that I wasn't doing, but I was there. And the only truck driver, the only licensed truck driver he had was uh, Jim Orlovich. And you can't get from Dallas to Pomona in 24 hours with one driver. You just can't do it. And so Casey actually came to me and he said, I need you to drive the truck. And I said, okay, I mean, I'm here. I'm going to Pomona. We're coming right through Tucson anyway. So it's like, I'll drive it. At least I'll help you get to Tucson. And then I'll jump out because I was driving to Pomona at the time. And Jimbo hated the idea. It's like that truck was his. He didn't want anybody else getting close to it. He didn't want anybody else messing with it. He did nothing. Hated the idea. And so we left Dallas. We left the Motorplex, went back to the hotel, got cleaned up, got back in. And uh, Jimbo got in the truck and he said, you're not going to do anything other than I'm going to fill out your logbook. And I said, whatever. I don't care. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm here for the ride. And I said, well, if you don't need me, I said, I'm going to crawl in the sleeper and take a nap. And he stopped, whatever it was, four or five hours later. And he yelled at me and he said, all right, Reinhardt, get up here. He said, I need you to, he said, I, I got to get a little bit of rest anyway. He said, I need you to get in here and drive this thing. I said, okay. And he said, I'm only going to sleep for about an hour, hour and a half. I just need a quick nap and then I'll take back over. I said, okay, whatever you want to do, I don't care. I said, uh, I'm probably going to stop in an hour, hour and a half, get a cup of coffee and just, you know, get out and stretch because I'm not the guy that gets in the truck and just drives for 12 hours straight. I'm the guy that, you know, every couple of three hours, just need to get out and walk around, right? Whether to kick the tires or whatever. So I told him, I said, you know, I said, I'll wake you up when I stop. And he said, you don't worry about waking me up. You don't all I'll wake up. I'll just, he said, you just make damn sure you don't do anything stupid and hurt my truck. Okay. Got it. So I got in, put the thing in gear, headed up the ramp. And the next time I saw Jimbo was about eight hours later. Um, <laughs> I had stopped three times for coffee. I had stopped, uh, I had to stop at the checkpoint going into New Mexico. I had to stop at the checkpoint going into Arizona. And we were coming into Tucson, and he finally stuck his head out of the sleeper. And I said, you know, I was going to I was gonna wake you up here in about a half an hour because we're just about at my house, and that's where I'm getting out. I said, what happened? I'm just going to sleep for an hour and a half. And he says, well, I heard you make the split going up the ramp. And I thought, well, it seems like this guy's driven a truck before, so I just went to sleep. There <clears> it is. I'm out. I've driven – who the hell's my driven? I've driven half a dozen different race rigs over the years just because – you know, somebody got sick, somebody didn't show, somebody had a problem, somebody something, and it's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And somebody said, well, Reinhardt's got a CDL sick him in it. So that's what they did. No, that's great. Well, <clears throat> your passion for drag racing is uh, at the highest of levels. And uh, I always thought going out on the Western swing with one of the teams would be a fun thing to experience that. But I'm not driving a truck. You know, I don't have that ability. <laughs> uh, but I do have a license that I went through a considerable amount of effort to get it. And so I do whatever I've got to do to maintain it, regardless of whether or whether or not I'm going to use it. I've got to use it. And that is my NHRA super comp and super gas license, uh, you know, open uh, wheel and uh, and obviously door slammer. I keep those active. I go and get my physicals. I pay the money. I send it in because, you know, there might be a time at some point like there's zero chance anyone's going to need me to drive their truck. But you never know. I could be at a race somewhere and I need to jump in somebody's super comp dragster and make a couple of laps for them. Uh, and I would be ready to do that. And it was the effort that I put in to get it that that's like, you know, what is it? Good money after bad. I'm going to keep that alive because I'm not going back through that again. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the same reason I, I still maintain the CDL just because it's easier to maintain it than to let it go and decide a year from now or two years from now or five years from now that, gee, I really wish I had that. I need to go get it back. So that's what I do. You know, you, you talked to Anton Brown about when he got started in pro stock motorcycle stuff. He was working with Ricky Gadsden as a crew guy. And 
went to um, um, George Bryce's school and got his pro stock motorcycle license. And basically, you know, unbeknownst to anybody, he just did it. Something he wanted to do and wanted to have on his resume. And they were someplace and they wanted to test. And Ricky couldn't stand tested. And Antron said, well, how about if I ride it? And he goes, oh, yeah, like you can ride a pro stock motorcycle. And he went, here's my license. And they went, oh, okay. And so that's the first time he got on what would have been like a legitimate race bike. And made some runs and, you know, obviously showed that he could do it. And then he and Troy Vincent decided that they were going to do their own deal. And But, you know, have, having a license opens a lot of doors that are just flat closed if you don't have a license, no matter what you're trying to do. Simple as that. Tricky Ricky Smith <clears throat> out there hanging out. What's up? Happy New Year, Ricky. Looking Is he retired to- again? He's not retired. He'll be running at the World Series of Pro Mod. Uh, from what I understand, he has accepted his invitation to that big door slammer race in Bradenton, Florida, coming up soon, the week before the Gator Nationals. Are, are you doing the Baby Gators again this year? Yes. Okay, so you'll be at the Baby Gators. I'll be over there in Bradenton. Um, but Tricky Ricky is going to be there. Tricky Ricky only retired from NHRA Pro Mod. He is running other stuff. He's not like retired, retired. David says he got a CDL in 1971. You could take the test with a three-quarter ton pickup with a manual transmission. That is kind of interesting. And uh, Chris Garrison out there uh, just having a whole conversation. He's doing his own show in the uh, in the chat section, creative writing in a normal logbook, right, Chris? What's up, Chris? He says nobody wanted him because he's a slow driver. Well, he takes off quick, so yes. there is that. He does take off quick. Let's talk about Alex Laughlin and uh, his uh, big deal. I think that is one of the storylines, and I know we've touched on it a few times, but mm-hmm. that maybe shocked a lot of people out there because uh, Laughlin is. You know, you ask everybody, like, you know, who are the fresh young faces of NHRA drag racing? Like, well, Alex Laughlin is a perfect example. Who are the people that kind of transcend NHRA drag racing into the greater drag racing car culture community? Alex Laughlin. You know, who's, uh, you know, media savvy, social media savvy, Alex Laughlin. I mean, who's a, who's a, you know, like a person that you think is a good guy and a good example to like young racers, Alex Laughlin, who can win, who's won the U S nationals, Alex Laughlin. So to put him together with Jim Dunn racing this season, he went out and got his license, went through the process. Um, it's just, I don't know. I think that's one of the big stories as we get ready for 2023. Now he's licensed Brett Kepner suggested, and it was picked up in a couple of places that he, uh, you know, might be the only human to have, licensed in top fuel, funny car, pro stock, pro mod, you know, radial alcohol dragster, uh, potentially both combinations. There was a whole list of all the cars that Laughlin has driven. Uh, Just kind of thinking about it that way really got me excited for Jim Dunn racing. Jim and John, they've been out there doing a good job with the marketing, banging their heads against the wall for many, many years. Uh, This is going to be like a new level of intensity and interest and spotlight on that team. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's an interesting combination. And, you know, as we talked about in weeks past, you know, Jim has always run that car uh, on a pretty conservative side of things because he had a pretty conservative budget. You know, he couldn't afford to go out there and burn a thing down or blow the body off or reduce. So he has run it, you know, a little bit on the conservative side. I am hoping, and I have no inside information, but I, you know, from the outside, I've been around a long time and I look at things and I see what's happening. I'm hoping that with Alex having some funding coming along with him, that they will be able to lean on the thing a little harder because Jim obviously has got enough experience that he knows what he can do and what he needs to do and how to speed that thing up. 
to make it a little bit more competitive because it will be a more fun day if we get Alex in the semifinals on a regular basis. We get him, you know, knocking down some rounds and doing some things. And in order to do that, they're going to have to pick up the performance of the car. So hopefully, you know, having uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit more financial resources to be able to do that will allow Jim to kind of turn loose a little bit and uh, and speed the thing up. But yeah, it's interesting. Alex certainly has a lot of licenses. I still think the only guy that has well. I couldn't say the only guy that has all the licenses, but you know, is the only guy that has won in the top four classes in NHRA is Gary Selby. Top fuel, funny car, top alcohol, alcohol dragster, funny alcohol, funny car. Funny car. Got it. The, the and he's actually won. He's actually won championships in all four of those division championships in the alcohol stuff. And of course, the national championships in funny car, and top fuel, both, but he's still the only guy in NHRA that can claim that. Yeah. That's something that I think, you know, what can <clears> we do? I think it was Lauren a little earlier, uh, super excited about NHRA 2023 top fuel going to be more competitive, funny car going to be more competitive, everything getting more competitive, more drivers, more everything, super exciting. But like, what could make it even better? Like we need a Selzy out there. Not all the time, <laughs> a little more often, man, let's get some Gary Selzy out there. Like even his appearances at the track, just make it fun. I know he's busy making them trucks, uh, you know, keeping the kids out there on the track and their sprint car careers. They're great. But uh, everybody it's, it's so funny. That Gary Selzy in his tenure at NHRA Drag Racing, I don't know if he's universally loved, but I don't know anybody that doesn't love him. Well, he certainly brought a lot of personality to the sport, no question about that. And <laughs> excuse me, some of the things that he did on the television side uh, were a riot. And you know, he was a fan favorite. He was very good working with the fans and doing all the stuff out there. So uh, I do not believe he's going to come back and drive again. As a matter of fact, I know for a fact he's not going to. But uh, I wouldn't be bad to see him just come out and, you know, put in a pop-in appearance every once in a while. Kind of like, you know, when Jack Beckman came to came to Dallas, it'd be nice to see Gary come out there and, you know, just do a little meet and greet, you know. Come up, spend a little time on the mic, do whatever. I'd, I'd welcome him anytime. Come on, Gary. Get out there, Gary. Well, he was in Pomona last year, I think. Or maybe it was Arizona. I forget where it was. But uh, Gary was out there and uh, and definitely a good time. Hey, I want to touch on something that you just uh, brought up. Like, you know, run it a little harder, Right. Uh, that's something that I wonder, do people understand? And, uh, okay. So when like caps goes to the starting line with Guido and Robert goes to the starting line and Hagen goes to the starting line and Tasca goes to the starting line. And those guys that are, you know, well-funded championship contenders, obviously the Coletta guys, please don't get on me if I messed up, I missed a, a person for this example. Uh, but if it blows up, it blows up. We're leaning on it. We're trying to win races. That's the goal here. But there are some other teams that don't have the luxury necessarily, that they are thinking they're serving two masters. They want to win, and they're trying to go down there as quick as they can while being careful to not hurt their stuff. And that difference, like how much difference do you think that makes, Alan? Jim Dunn is one of those guys. Let's, let's try to go as fast as we can without tearing up a, a ton of stuff. We, we've got limited stuff. Um, I know that Clay Milliken's team was doing that. And then when Rick Ware came in, they stopped doing that. And we saw a change, like a visible change, almost in, over a few weeks span. Can you talk a little bit about that, that and what kind of pressure that puts on the crew chief and how they, how they do that? Well, the faster you go, it's exponentially harder to go faster. And just stay in the funny car realm for now. If you've got a funny car that runs 4.0 with the technology that's out there right now, the parts and pieces, you can run 4.0 a lot and not really be in any danger of hurting anything. 
because you can run 4.0 without having to lean on anything. Now, if you want to run 3.95, you're going to have to lean on a little harder. If you want to run 3.90, you have to lean on harder. If you want to run 3.82, that is not a little bit more than 4.0. That's 3,000 horsepower more than 4.0. Because, again, it's exponentially harder to go faster. You know, you look at, I think, another great example. Top alcohol dragster, right? Injected nitro car, about 4,000 horsepower, give or take. Perfect conditions. And Randy Meyer's been in the O's. Okay, now yes. to go 360, which is what the, the show-off guys in Top Fuel are doing, you know, now, and I'm, I know I'm talking quarter mile to eighth mile, but if you, if you're, or quarter mile to 1320, but if you took the performance of an alcohol dragster, and then you look at what it's going to take to make a Top Fuel dragster go that much faster, that's not 500 more horsepower. That's 8,000 more horsepower to pick up that much more. You know, an alcohol dragster will run 280 whatever miles to the 1320. A top fuel dragster will run 300 miles an hour to the 8. And again, that's not two or three more horsepower. That's 8,000 more horsepower. So when you get up into the realm, you know, there's a reason that Steve Torrance buys more new parts than everybody. Because they run that thing really hard. And he'll buy a set of heads and put five or six runs or whatever on them and then sell them. Now, they still have substantial value. So when he's buying new heads and selling his old ones, he's not having to spend 10 grand again every time because you're getting a lot of it back. But a guy like Tim Wilkerson will buy a set of those heads from Steve and he'll run 20 runs on them because he's not leaning on the stuff near as hard. And you don't have to worry about, we need to keep feeding new parts, new parts, new parts because of how hard we're beating on this thing. But the quicker the cars go, it's exponentially harder. And anybody that's bracket raced knows, right? You're in the 15th. Man, I want to get in the 14th. Well, that's not too tough. I mean, you put a 100 shot of nitrous on it, you're going to pick up a second from 15 to 14. Second, easy. Now you're going to go from the 14th to the 13th. Well, that's going to take a little bit more. Now, when you get into the nines and you want to go into the eights, you know, if, if you're running 990 and you put a 100 shot of nitrous on the thing, congratulations, you're running 970. Because it's exponentially harder to go quicker the quicker you get. And when you get to the point where you're running in the threes in a nitro car, when you get to the point where you're running over 300 miles an hour, you know, the difference between 310 miles an hour and 330 miles an hour is a couple thousand horsepower. It's not a couple hundred horsepower. And leaning on the stuff that much harder means that your failure rate is going to be a little bit higher. Uh, simple as that. You know, whatever your mechanical, whatever your mechanical apparatus is, if you're trying to run it at maximum capacity, the life expectancy is going to be a whole lot shorter than if you're trying to run it at 70% of its maximum capacity. And the teams that do that understand that we are going to have the occasional failure, whether it's a backfire, whether it's blowing the body off of a funny car. Um, you know, you look at David Grubnick runs his car obviously very hard, but how upset is he every time that thing knocks a blower off of it? Because he hates, hates, hates tearing up parts. Dave, you won the race. You set the record. You know, you know. He says, yeah, but the blower's off of it. That's not supposed to happen. That's not. And, you know, there, there's there's kind of a fine line in there between. And I'm not saying anybody ever takes a car to start and goes, hey, it blows up, it blows up. But you understand when you're pushing it that much harder that your chances of having some type of a failure go up as well. Simple as that. Simple as that. All right. We got more to come next week. Big news. Uh, in fact, uh, next week, for those of you that only log on to WFO Radio when NHRA Reinhardt is on, a little programming uh, adjustment. I'm sure those people exist, right? We've got a, a lot of 
Absolutely. It's no doubt. But next week at this time, when we do our weekly show here on WFO, typically it's 1 p.m. Eastern time. Alan Reinhardt joins the show. But next week, we're going to time shift the show back a little bit because there is a big press conference, some big news that's going to be happening next week at this time at 1. And I have been asked to do the press conference to be the guy that kind of like navigates the whole thing. But as soon as it is over, WFO is going to fire up. We're going to have the people that are involved in the press conference talking about what they just did. And then Alan is going to join us to give his perspective on it. And uh, I'm super excited. That's one of those, like the insiders know something that can't be revealed just yet. But Matt just Hines wait. and Andrew Smith. Exactly. Matt Hines and Angie Smith. They're eloping. No, I'm kidding. I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Just kidding, Andy. No, but they're, both, but, but they're both going to ride for Jerry Savoy. I like it. I, I like it. Uh, later this week, Bob Locke uh, and Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., both world championships. One won it on a tiebreaker. The other won it by winning the finals to do it going west as inspired by, uh, you know, friends and family. Two amazing stories of championships in the Lucas Oil Series. Uh, you know, is one better than the other? I don't think so. I think they both get into the most unlikely of stories uh, file. Well, Hidalgo, Hidalgo won the tightest championship fight in the history of NHRA. Wow. And how do you uh, quantify that? Well, the first tiebreakers had to head competition. There have been racers that won on tiebreakers before. The first tiebreakers had to head competition. Jimmy Hidalgo and Brad uh, won, ran head-to-head. -head. Brad Burton ran head-to-head -head one time in the season. The margin of victory in that one race was three ten thousandths of a second. Zero, 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 three. And there have been other tiebreakers. There's never been one that's been decided by three ten thousandths of a second for a championship. That's how I quantify that. That's amazing. And Bob Locke wasn't going to go west, battled health issues, got back in the car. Uh, it was a couple of years ago, battled health issues, but he's back and, and he was in position and the racer family, right? Like they collect, no, man, you got to go. You don't get in this position often. You've got to go. And he's, he, he acquiesced. He went, he's got to win the finals. Like, come on, when can you ever count on winning a national event in super gas? Well, it, and it's interesting because he went to Vegas and basically sucked. And at that point was considering, okay, enough, right? I gave it a shot. I'm not, there's no reason to drive all the way out to California, da, 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 da. But again, got kind of forced into it and pushed into it. And then his final round race was against a former world champion in order to win the whole thing. Um, you know, Brian Presser won the championship, what was it, 15, 16, something a couple of years back. And so it ain't like he stumbled and bumbled his way into it. He was racing some pretty big time hitters without ever, ever having been to the track, without being very familiar, you know, the wind, the weather. Every track has got its little intricacies that's you know vegas is really well known for just weird wind patterns and you know the weather it's got just enough altitude that it doesn't feel like it should be a big deal but it is and the guys that race there all the time seem to have an advantage over the guys that don't uh but every racetrack has this little you know idiosyncrasies and having never been to pomona he goes out there and goes eh, well yeah what do we got to lose right go turn loose the button and let's see what happens and he did a really nice job driving. His car was uh, was locked in, no pun intended. And, you know, comes down to one run for a championship, and he was able to get it done. It was, it's kind of a cool story. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Alan, great job as usual. Anything that we didn't, you know, I was scanning the news, and uh, I think next week we're really going to ramp up. You mentioned testing. What's interesting is the 
Gator Nationals being the start has given everybody all this extra time, but it doesn't appear that the people with the paint schemes and the art renderings, you know, Woody from Elite is already sharing the artist renderings and there's a lot of renderings out there. And it's as if the, you know, Pomona was the start mid-February, but that's not the case. So I, I would imagine there's going to be a lot more testing. Like maybe the teams will be more prepared for the start of the season because they've got an extra month. Well, some of them certainly will, um, you know, and, and that part pretty much comes down to budget. You know, if you can afford to go someplace where it's warm, because obviously you're not going to be tested in Indianapolis and, you know, the collectors aren't going to be tested in Michigan. So if you can afford to go someplace where it's warm and spend two or three or four days, you know, there is going to be the opportunity in Gainesville for the teams, as we did a couple of years ago, to make runs like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or maybe it's just Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, before we go into the Gator Nationals. But that's not going to be a real big opportunity to test. If you really have things that you want to test, you're going to need to make more than three runs or four runs, which is probably all you're going to get in the two days down there. Now, if, if you're a team that's comfortable with your stuff and you just want to go down and knock the cobwebs off, well, you go out there, you make a couple of runs before you go into the Gator Nationals, and you're good. But if you've got a different clutch combination, different blower combination, different camshaft combination, whatever – that you want to go out and test, then you're going to need more runs than that. And the teams that have the budget to do it are going to be doing that and starting in a couple of weeks from what I understand. Got to do it. Got to find the budget, man. Find the money, find the budget, spend the budget, go racing. That's uh, that's what I love. NHRA 2023. Alan, great job as usual. Anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to throw out there? No, I don't think so. I think we got most of it. Uh, just uh, was really, really cool to go over and spend some time in Bahrain and, out of the shop that we were running in and they have indoor garages over there and pretty much everybody that was racing, you know, you can, you can rent one of those or you can have your name on one of those if you want it. And almost everybody was, was that was there was taking advantage of it, but there were three cars that ran out of, you know, our shop, so to speak. Um, Belushi who ended up winning the pro mod category, uh, Yusuf Alali, who is a 10, five car. I mean, we're talking about a screw blown Brad Anderson radial car. And he went to the final round and, and came up a little bit on the short end of a really good race. But, uh, you know, spending a week beforehand when the car wouldn't go 100 feet without either going into a big wheel stand or knocking the tires off or having some kind of an issue. And Phil Schuler was over there working with those guys and was able to get them straightened out. They made it to the final. And then Rashid uh, Belushi, who is Khalid Al-Belushi's son, was making his debut in a dragster, which he ran the 450 class, and he made the final. So the three cars that ran out of our shop, uh, all three have made it to the final. We won one, had two runner-ups. That's not a bad. Uh, that's not a bad weekend for any team. Speak about Khaled for a quick second, because he's like one of my favorite people. Uh, and I think you know when he came into Top Fuel with the Alanabi deal years ago, people were like, ah, oh, you know, and uh, and like just consistently throughout my little arc of NHRA, this guy is in the middle of like helping people and problem solving and. I've seen him like, you know, cutting up with uh, with J.R. Gray and Lyle and just the fun. Like, man, the guy I wish people knew more about Khaled Al-Belushi because he's like one of our great personalities. Well, as much as he wants to win, uh, I think he even more wants to help somebody that needs help. Uh, the number of times, you know, even, even this past weekend, uh, one of the guys that was there uh, broke a cam drive. And there was a brand new, I mean, brand new engine that Khaled was putting together. The block showed up while I was there from Brad. And the thing was being assembled. And, and the guy comes down, and he goes, oh, no, no, no. And Khaled's like, take that apart. Give him whatever he needs to get him back on the track. 
And that guy ended up going out and winning, uh, actually beat Yusuf in the final round, if memory serves. But he's just that kind of guy. Somebody comes down and goes, I got a problem. I need some help. It's like, whatever you need. What, you know, let's make it happen. Let's do it. And I think, you know, anybody that says something bad about Khaled Abolushi doesn't know him because he's just a genuine good guy. You know, when he gets in his race car, does he want to win? Certainly he does. When he, but he's, you know, friend to everybody, willing to help out anybody, and just a, a really good guy to hang out with. Simple as that. Simple as that. Alan, great job. We'll see you next week. I don't know exactly when it'll be. It'll probably be like 145 Eastern, um, but right after the big press conference uh, and the big uh, you know news reveal, and we'll dive into it and get your take and, and all that. So I, I'm excited. Go work on that CUDA, man. Make it happen. I'm on it. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. There he goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WFO Radio, the voice of the NHRA. And you can follow him at NHRA Reinhardt. Oh, man. Yeah, like I'm dealing with weird Internet issues every now and again, guys. I am, uh, you know, sorting it. Um, but, it's, uh, you know, if we like free, freeze up uh, every once in a while, just be patient and we will come back. We will come back. I love the fact that Reinhardt liked my Winston Drag Racing hat. Right. Look at this. This is not I'm not going to shape it. OK. And if I choose to give it away on the air, I've got all these different collectibles that are stacking up. Right. I got my Winston drag racing thing. And look, remember, I've got a couple of packs of these cards. I, I, I saw Dan. Uh, was it Hagedon? Dan, one of our media folks out there came across a pack of one of these out there in like a thrift store or something. 1991. And he's like, hey, Joe, on, on uh, Twitter, like, look what I found. I'm thinking about opening them. And I was getting ready to like fire back at him don't open them i've got two packs of 1993 and we'll do like a trade but he opened them and he ruined the whole thing but one of these days i'm going to open these on the air and we got a lot of good stuff coming on wfo radio all right guys i want you to put your comments your thoughts your questions in the chat section let's load that chat section up with a couple of things for me to talk about while i tell you earl nichols don't mess up your hair it, it, listen, this thing is rock solid, Earl. Nothing's going to mess with this, okay? The gel that I use, it's like concrete. It's not going anywhere. At the end of a day, at the top end of the racetrack, the wind is whipping. You better have something that is uh, you know, solid to make it happen. And yeah, a little hat isn't going to do anything uh, negative. But let me tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO, guys. Look, you don't need them right now, or maybe you do. But when you need them, Think about all they do for our sport and the show. It's as simple as that. Samtech.edu, guys. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Brian Massengill. So who's this for? Who's this for? Well, a relatively young person who is looking for a career to spend, uh, you know, chasing their dream for the rest of their lives, right? Automotive machinists. We just were at the Engine Performance Expo in Piney Flats, Tennessee at Straub Technology. Oh my goodness, it was so inspiring. And I really believe that had I had these kind of experiences earlier in life, I may have gone into the uh, machinist realm because you can be creative, you control your own destiny, you're doing what you want to do every day is different. So many amazing things. And most importantly, vitally necessary to the future of our country. I, I, the past couple of times I've done the spot for the folks at Samtech, I, I'm, I'm like welling up with patriotism, knowing about all the jobs that we need people to do. And where are those going to come from? Who's going to do them? We need veterans 
who are getting out of the military. You've got the GI Bill there on your side. Uh, Sam Tech is approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Consider becoming a machinist. They've got engine block programs, cylinder head programs, motorsport EFI tuning programs, all of that stuff at samtech.edu. Call Brian Massengill. Like, go to their website, call the number, ask for Brian Massengill. Hey, Brian, heard WFO Joe talking about this. I'm interested in taking a class, going to the school. It's in Houston, Texas area. What does it take? That's what you do. And uh, it'll be great. Marvin Rodak, look, you don't need a long-term plan to enjoy some of the best coffee in the world. 817-924-6821. Rodakscoffeeandgrills.com. Grills, tools, tips, recipes, information. It's all on the website. You know, a lot of people like that ceramic grill that's green. He's got one that's made in America that's better. Next level. Level up. Call Marvin. 817-924-6821 down there in Fort Worth. And if you're coming down to the Stampede of Speed 2023, our big Patreon meetup is going to be there. Maybe load up with some coffee on location. Going to be kind of cool. And then there's Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. You could drive the Dragster Adventure. It's, uh, it's a day experience. You need nothing. You could show up with just your Division Six uh, champion hat. You could show up with just that. The clothes on your back. And they'll put you everything you need to drive dragsters and understand the mentality of the sport. Now, they've got super comp and super gas licensing courses, alcohol funny car licensing courses, and they have been turning and burning at Frank Hawley's the entire winter break. They don't take a break at all. Uh, Gainesville, Florida, of course, Frank Atlanta uh, doing a great job. FrankHawley.com. Of course, FTI Performance. Foggett, Bernie's, Phillips Connect, Total Seal on board 2022, moving into 2023. Super excited about our, our marketing partners and always looking to bring on more people who understand that the WFO universe is not only a strong, strong crowd. When you add our YouTube numbers up and our, all our other numbers up, Facebook. Oh, see, I just said YouTube. I just blew it. That's it. Oh, the Stevie Lyle test, man. Don't say YT on FB. Otherwise, they're going to they're gonna attack each other and they're going to kill your numbers. Oops. Oh, well, I lost on the algorithm today, I guess. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, these are the people who make it possible, genuinely. I appreciate them. When the time comes for you need them, call them. And when it comes down to your firearms or your high-performance racing engines, make sure you get a can of fog. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say out there. Let's check it out. And I'm, I'm, you know, flirting with disaster uh, here at the end of the show, just because, you know, who knows how long my internet connection problem will uh, last, right? Uh, let's see. Jack from Cycle Drag needs your hair goo. Hit him up. LOL. Jack can ask me. He doesn't need it. And he's got a different, different hair situation. Uh, Scott says, great ignition show. Man, the ignition show was so much fun. If you like the idea of an audio only podcast that you can listen to while you're driving or working. That is light, light, fun, conversational cast of characters, a lot of racing talk, but not exclusively. Like last night, we talked about the national ignition facility where they actually completed a fusion test and they generated power, more power than they put in for the very first time in history. They, they, they harnessed the power of a star. The reason we were talking about it was because they said ignition and we were hoping that we would get some residual new listeners. So you could say we're pretty, pretty selfish. 
Uh, I use the same gel as Joe. Ha, ah, Bill. We see you got no hair. You got no hair, Bill. We see it. I don't think I've ever seen Joe's hair move. There have been times where I rock the no gel. And when I record the ignition thing, sure helps while working on a tractor. Exactly. When I do the ignition show, uh, that I wear a hat. Expo was great again. Engine Performance Expo, guys. If you're looking for some interesting listening or viewing, go to their YouTube channel. Most of the views, just like with this thing, are not live. Most of the views are after the fact. JP, what's up? Great show, Joe and Alan. Thanks for everything you do. Now, thanks for what you do. Can't wait to see you out there. Bobby's Bug Barn. Shirley helps while working on a tractor. I think he already said that. Uh, I know it's been a few days, but happy birthday, Big Daddy. 91 times around the sun. You know, Lonnie, that's a great point. Garlets. Amazing. And that enables me to segue into the, the, the vital important things that are coming up. Okay, here we go. Ready? Get your phone out. Get the schedule going. One. One. This week, obviously, we got White Alligator Racing and we got Lucas Oil Champions. Next week, starting the week off, Reinhardt, but a big press conference with big breaking news. And then we're going to cover it all right here immediately afterwards. And then we're going to start going into our world series of pro mod pre race promotional hype machine. Uh, you know, West Buck has been talking about it. The guys at drag illustrated have been talking about it. I'm going to be involved with that event as well. And I just think that what an exciting start to the season down here in the, you know, the fuel triangle, Gainesville, Bradenton, Orlando, the triangle that connects them all. You're going to have World Series of Pro Mod in Bradenton. And if you haven't gotten your tickets, you need to through the Gator Nationals. Most of you folks up there are freezing. You're dodging rain and wind and sleet and all that. Um, get out of that. Take 10 days. Spend it in Florida. Bradenton first. World Series of Pro Mod. Then head over to Gainesville. Watch some uh, Gator Nationals. Hardcore Thursday. Participate in all the media stuff. One of the big things that will be happening on Thursday before the Gator Nationals, the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I'm the host for like my fourth year now, and this year is going to be the greatest year ever. The induction of John Force, the induction of Bob Fry, Bunny Burkett, and others. It's going to be wild. I, I'm hearing it's almost sold out. If you want a seat to the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame induction ceremony at the Hilton in Gainesville, if you want to see what happens when John Force gets inducted into a Drag Racing Hall of Fame, you need to call Chuck at the museum and uh, get in on it. Now, there will be a stream of some sort, but you got to be there for this one. All right, I want to tell you about one more thing that we're doing before I get to the final comments out there. And this is for the supporters of the show known as the Patreons. Guys, these are the behind-the-scenes supporters. They pay a monthly fee to support WFO and get unique content. Uh, with that monthly fee, like if you sign up for a year, we have a yearly thing, you're going to get a whole host of stuff. Like you're going to get decals and you're going to get a pin and you're going to get a patch. I have no idea where the patch is. If you come in at a certain threshold, you will get a WFO radio t-shirt, like all of this stuff, but you, you know, sign up for the year. So you get an entire year worth 
of behind the scenes, Monday motivation, participation with the ignition show. You know, you're supporting the show, obviously paying our internet bills, but this year we are branching out and doing more. And today I will be recording the first totally unique show show of our Patreon page. P A T R E O N.com slash WFO radio. You can get there on the WFORadio.com site. Michael Heiner, pro stock race winning crew chief, is going to be our guest. The name of the show, Hear It From Heiner. What is it? It's your chance to ask questions about pro stock, pro stock racing, pro stock history, his own career. He's very knowledgeable about Formula One. Michael Heiner is going to be our special guest on our Patreon show, patreon.com slash WFO radio. And I'm super excited. Uh, ask the Patreons, like submit your questions. And they submitted a ton of great questions like, uh, you know, how long do parts last? How many thousands of this? Talk about shock travel, technology, all kinds of comparisons. I was really amazed of what the Patreons did. And uh, Michael Heiner, who is a great guy, very knowledgeable. Remember Jim Yates, one of the quotes that I'll remember forever. He might be the smartest person in the entire pit area, except the fact that he's in the pit area shows that he's not that smart. Jim Yates, little wisdom right there. Let's see. Bobby Bender, Penny and I will be at Gainesville, both races. Can't wait to see you there, Bobby. And then a big girl too. Jimmy, do you like Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, or Brad Keselowski? Like in my favorite, you want me to rank them, Jimmy? Okay, here's the ranking. Harvick, Brad, Joey, Denny, Chase, Kyle. There's my hot take random uh, deal. How about me putting putting on uh, the controversy hat, right? Getting, uh, getting out there and getting a little controversial for all the folks out there like the Kyle Busch fan. He's very angry at me right now. Nah, you know, now he drives a Chevy. Not even. I don't know. But hope springs eternal, right? Like every new year that comes around, like I like to do a reset. I like to reset with everybody. I'm like, you know, the feuds of the past and the things that annoyed me in the past. Everybody gets a clean slate in the new year. Everybody is a potential friend. And we're all working on the same team. Monica says 10 days in Florida. Now that would be nice. And Jimmy, out there, super exciting. The only thing bad about the World Series of ProMod is that's the same weekend as the Baby Gators. Yeah, and there's a big event, NMCA, over there in Orlando that same weekend, too. Within, I don't know what it is, uh, 100 miles, something like that. Hour and a half drive, all of them. But all different styles of cars. Sick week getting ready to get started. Everything is ramping up for you sports car guys. 24 hours of Daytona. We talk about that on the Ignition Show. Also want to remind everybody, our WFO Radio Fantasy NASCAR League will be back once again. And somebody other than Mr. Fantasy NASCAR needs to get their name on that trophy back there. This guy has won two years in a row, three overall, and is really running wild in what we deem to be the toughest league in the history of the world. Now, he is a fantasy sports Hall of Famer. But be ready when I give the information to join our WFO Radio Fantasy League. P 
Pete wants to know if the press conference is going to air live and where. And the answer is, Pete, I don't know. I don't know yet that information. I will find out and I will reveal it uh, tomorrow. 12 noon, White Alligator Racing. Going to be joining us on WFO Radio. And we're going to reveal their 2023 driver lineup. We're going to hear from Jerry. We're going to hear from Tim Kalungian. We've got a lot of questions we could ask Tim. Chase Van Sant going to be on WFO. Says he's been watching the show for a long time. He's going to be on. Guys, remember, you can get WFO merch in the store. Download the free mobile app. I've given you a lot of homework. Do it. And thanks to Alan Reinhardt, of course. We'll see you next time. WFO.